Walter, thank you for joining us on the Blazing Cards podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. How long have you been playing Yu-Gi-Oh for? So I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh since I think the end of 2010. That's when I uh, I was in uh, high school and I saw some. Uh, well, I started playing when the game came out, right? For like a little bit with like the noise and stuff. Okay. Uh, when I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then um, in high school, when I I saw some other kids playing, and I was like, "Well, I know Yu-Gi-Oh." And then uh, I used to go to the locals near me, so that's when I started going to locals, like, and started that to learn to how to actually play the game. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, I didn't start playing competitively though. Uh, well, I started going to locals, and then slowly started getting more competitive. Um, and I didn't go to my YCS until like 2014, 2013. Oh wow! And how many? So around uh... the time. Okay, I guess. Could you mind sharing like some of your credentials? Do you have? I assume you have a lot of YCS tops. Um, like two top eights. Uh, I got third place. Mm. Uh, top sixteen. Two top sixteens. And uh, I won a I won a PPG, but that's not that's not quite a waste. Oh, I see. And uh, yeah, and I got not second place, which uh, I went to Worlds, which uh, pretty cool. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's better than a win. And going to Worlds. Mm-hmm. How'd you go at Worlds? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, I didn't do so good, but... Me either. Uh, it was Worlds, so it was pretty fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I went to Worlds, I, I finished, like, 14th, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Worlds is uh, weird. It's, yeah. Uh, I thought it was weird because um, I felt like it was going to be a lot harder than it was, but then um, I feel like every every player there seemed very... Um, seemed, like, very human. Like, it didn't seem like they were... Everybody was just a god at Yu-Gi-Oh! But uh, it was definitely still like really challenging. Like mm-hmm. it was probably the saltiest tournament I've ever been to. Because every every time somebody lost, they were super salty because they felt like they should have won. Uh, yeah. But I mean, kind of is what it is. I know that's how I like, felt when I, when I when I went mm-hmm. to Worlds. Um, yeah, I was super salty about my losses. I lost to like the winner previously from the year before, and I, it was like during a uh, chaos return format. And I'll never forget, I had a uh, Forcer face up and a scapegoat face down, and he just had a Tsukiyomi in hand, and the top deck Cyber Dragon, and ugh, so much salt. I really wanted to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you said you traveled to your first event in 2014, was your first YCS? Yeah. Okay, and how, yeah, long, how long did it take you to top from when you started traveling? So uh, I think that my first event was like, um, YCS Toronto 2014. Oh, okay. it was in like sem- September, and then my first top was in February, so it was like five months. Yeah, so not very long. You kind of once you started traveling, you you were already ready to go, basically. Yeah, because I had I had already been topping locals for like years, mm. and I had been going to like regionals, and uh, the regionals I started going to were like LA regionals, which are like well, you've been to LA regionals, they're like uh, ten yeah. rounds. Yeah, they're like mini so, YCSs. They're like 10, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're huge. Yeah, so uh, once I uh, and that was that was uh, right in high school, so it's like when I had a lot of extra time. Mm. So I, that's when I actually managed, like, I actually spent a lot of time preparing for it, which I think was mostly what uh, let me top quickly, relatively quickly. Gotcha. What what made you decide to like take that leap to traveling? Was there did you like top of regionals or like win something that made you be like, okay, now I'm ready? Or was it just uh, like life opened up when you graduated from high school or what was it? 
Yeah, it was that uh, I, I got like my first job, so I could actually save money to like go travel. Because mm. okay. I always wanted to like travel, at least for Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, what? How do you feel like you? It seems like you got to that level, like you were ready to top right when you started traveling. How do you feel you got to that level? Like, were you just playing a lot of locals and and found like a good friend group to play test with constantly or what how did you develop that skill um well i, I didn't have that that's i had my friend group was pretty good mm -hmm. or I, rather it wasn't it was okay for like a local level <laughs> gotcha uh, but uh it wasn't like amazing but um they they definitely pushed me to be better because they um um how do you for this <laughs> when they got when they got better by playing with better people that I hadn't played, I started getting better. So the best people I started playing with moved to LA around this mm. time, and the people at LA was like a crazy, um, a crazy place to play at the time because mm -hmm. they had uh, in twenty fourteen twenty fifteen they had like Esala, they had uh, Jonathan uh, Gonzalez, uh, winning at YCS and Barry Keys. So mm -hmm. they got pushed to be better, and then they would come back to Excel in San Diego. They would go to LA, play there, and they would come to San Diego in the weekend. They would play me, so I would get them like they would be really good for no reason. Mm. And, and then I started getting better, uh, and I also started grinding like a lot of dueling network at the time. Um, so, so I started getting better too. Yeah, that's so was, uh, when I was mm -hmm. talking to Ed yesterday. He said that that was played a big part in him getting better. It was just like becoming a dueling network warrior and just playing yeah. on putting in the hours. Yeah, the limit was crazy. Like um, when when the limit work went out in like 2016, I, I was like, "How are people supposed to get better now? Like if they can't play the limit work?" Yeah, <laughs> I know it's nice yeah. to always have like a partner to play with because half the time when I when I played back in the day, it was like trying to meet up at locals and getting friends to actually like have the same schedule as you. But with playing online, it's so much easier. There's just always yeah. access to playing. Yeah, because I feel like uh, having to play somebody at locals is like so restrictive because they have to be good. You have to put in the time. You get distracted. You need to have the card. Yeah. Or it's actually just the same. Do you feel like you had maybe like a mindset change that made you get better? Or did you have a moment where things just kind of clicked and you realized something that brought your play to a higher level? So kind of um, when I, the, my first stop was uh, the first YCS that Necros was legal. Mm -hmm. And leading up to it, I I knew that Necros was going to be really good because I hadn't been tier zero in the LCD for like a long time. And uh, so what I did is I went on like Duelist Grounds and they had like the, those deck discussion theory threads. Mm -hmm. and the Necros one was like 30 pages so far. So I read like all 30 pages of it. <laughs> and I played this a lot of Necros. I watched like the combo videos and stuff. And, mm. uh, so the that YCS was... Uh, the day that the deck came out, so I walked in like having played this at like for hours already, like I already oh, wow. played the deck, and uh, so I topped just because it was a tier zero deck on the day that it came out, and I knew mm -hmm. how to play it already, and uh, because I topped that, like I was able to start talking to people about it, because they were like, oh, this this guy topped, so he knows a little bit what is what he's talking about. So, yeah. Uh, I start that let me like get into playtesting with people that were better than the ones I've been playing before. Because mm -hmm. um, he trusted me a little bit. And I think uh, 
I think like the circle is probably your circle is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure like a lot of good players would agree like who you play tennis with is like huge. It's like ridiculous. It's like a cheat code. Yeah. And, um, I actually accidentally discovered that a cheat code to getting like a good circle is doing that, like learning how to play a, a really good deck before it comes out. Because then uh, good players might like gravitate towards you just to like learn it. Sure. And yeah, that's kind of how I, I started because I learned Necros and then I started talking to better players than me about Necros and then uh, hmm. that whole format since it was like six months. Uh, I started getting like a little bit more known in uh, LA, like this area, SoCal. And um, that kind of carried me throughout like most of uh, future formats where I already knew them from having uh, theory with them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, it seems uh, like, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, and I, uh, also it, that kind of just made me realize like that uh, all the pro players and like all the really good players that are supposed to be like amazing, like they're still like very human. Like it's not scary to play against them and it's not scary to like be in top tables anymore. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely true. Um, you said you mentioned. Well, I guess there, I have a couple questions based off what you just said. So, do you pay attention a lot to like what's being played in the OCG? Like, are you following like deck lists? Because I know Virtual World's big over there right now. So, are you like looking at what people are playing? So, when it becomes TCG legal, you're like ready to go, or do you not pay too much attention and just wait for everything to be released? Yeah, actually, I never do. But mostly because I get like lazy, but I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I really <laughs> did like that one time only, and it worked really well. So I don't know yeah. what I've never done before. I don't All know right. I never did it again. So that might be good advice then to players who are trying to like take their game to the next level. It's to research what's going on in the OCG to give them a little bit of a head start for when it becomes yeah. legal. Yeah, or not as, you don't even have to go that far. Like even just learning an archetype before anybody else is huge. Like uh, I know Manav, mm-hmm. so before uh, before he won, before he got second place with Sky Striker, um, when Sky Striker just came out, mm-hmm. he was relatively unknown, and uh, I know he's mega grinded Sky Striker because he knew it was gonna be a, a really good deck, and that's what let him get a head start on the Sky Striker matchup, and then he won a YCS with Sky Striker because he just oh, drew wow. more than a lot of people. Yeah, so I, he he did like the same thing, and it paid off for him too. Okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So there's probably something there then. Uh, so you, you talked about theory. I, probably Manav knew the theory better than anyone since he had more time with the deck. And it seems like a lot of pro players more like discuss theory more than back when I played. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something you you do instead of actually like playtesting? Because I remember talking to Asala, he was like, you don't even really need to playtest too much. You can kind of just set up like your your deck yourself and just go through theory and combos and you know playing like the as if game like oh if they have this hand trap then I would go this way or if they have this counter then like I can play around it that way so do you more just go through theory or do you actually take the time to play test as well yeah I think I think theory is definitely important um but um I'm um I'm kind of like my technical play is like very sloppy so I found that the the formats where I do well are the ones that where I play test to where I won't actually make a, a misplaying technical play when I actually play. Mm. But I do definitely think that theory um, is like way, way more important. Really? Yeah, because uh, your, your deck building is based on your theory and deck building is like huge. I think it's like 90% of like your success. And gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. 
can, so, can you go into theory a little? Like when you when you say theory, is that just like knowing what combo to play when and around what cards and versus like what deck you're playing? Is it just going through all those like knowing the the optimal move against every different thing you could face, or is is that what you mean by theory? Oh, by theory, I mean mostly your what deck you're gonna play, which is like the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. uh, then what cards you're gonna play in your deck, like um, how your side is gonna look, how you're going to, uh, what you're gonna focus on, like game one, like maybe play hand traps or maybe you completely give up on hand traps. You play like back removal, and then what you're gonna take out, what you're gonna put in. And I think uh, something really big uh, on theory that people overlook is like knowing your win condition. Mm. Like like knowing like oh when I play against a trap deck, I know I'm not I'm supposed to like generate advantage i'm not supposed to like try to negate their card and then when i play against oh, a combo deck i'm supposed to like uh i'm not supposed to generate advantage i'm supposed to stop their cards because because advantage doesn't matter they're you know to game or uh mm. even more specific theory like knowing your win condition of like oh i know that if i just hand trap this specific point they can't win or i know that they win once they snowball so i need to stop this card from snowballing kind of like mm. that Gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. That makes sense. So just like that. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Understanding what's key for them to to win, and then just knowing exactly when to stop it and what exactly to counter. Yeah, as opposed to like well, sometimes when you play a lot, like you start kind of freestyling, like mm -hmm. every game, and you kind of have like an intuitive um, understanding of it. But I think putting it into words is definitely like important. Gotcha. Like, as opposed to just like kind of knowing uh, knowing it, I think verbalizing, I think verbalizing is really important for like Yu-Gi-Oh. Hmm. So how how much do you, would you say you play test before, before events to get yourself ready? Do you have like a minimum number of hours you like to put in? Uh, not specifically. Uh, I definitely, after well, Worlds, mm -hmm. I started getting like burned out a lot <laughs> of Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. So I actively uh, decided to not play this as much, which uh, I think it's something that like, I don't care a lot of people say, um, because sometimes I feel like, uh, I personally feel like uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh is like kind of self-indulgent. Like I'm like, oh, I should probably like, maybe like study or uh, work it myself in another way, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, I, I like never hear uh, competitive players talk about. So. Oh, I try to just follow like the 80-20 rule. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Which, uh, if you're not familiar with it, is that um, they say that 20% of the, your effort gives you like 80% of the result. And then after that, you start uh, finding diminishing returns. So, uh, playtesting like 100 hours is only like marginally better than like playtesting 20 hours. Sure. So, uh, uh, sometimes I, I choose which deck to play based on how easy it is to uh, <laughs> to play for me. And then uh, sometimes I'm just like, uh, I don't want to play this deck because I, I need uh, perfect technical play. Um, and I don't want to do that, which uh, I don't think is like that bad. <laughs> if, if you just want to talk, uh, yeah. when you definitely have to like put in the work. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because uh, you never hear that um, that side of, of the competitive game because everybody just wants to win right so nobody talks yeah. about how to just how to do just well enough um, 
yeah. Uh, sometimes I think you don't have to be the best player in the in the room with the best deck. I think if you don't want to dedicate uh, infinite time play testing, uh, you can just pick up like a brain deck deck, brain dead deck with like a bunch of traps and like just trying to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So sometimes I do that. If not, um, I try to. Uh, recently, once I discovered the luxury tournaments or like the online Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. Yeah. Have you been play playing just- in a lot of those? Yeah, so uh, post uh, lockdown, I haven't, but mm. um, before every event, um, after I discovered them, I would try to just uh, grind those. Mm. And usually those are pretty reflective of of my success in the in the upcoming event. Like, so if I started winning them a lot, then once I went to the event, I would actually do well. And if I didn't, then I would be like, okay, I'm probably not going to do well in it, and I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So I think those are like really good, and then obviously uh, dueling book to get like the bulk of your playtesting. I, th- I think those are really good. Yeah, that makes sense. So you think? Do you feel like the the luxury events, the competition you're facing in those is pretty equivalent then to like the the level of competition in YCSs and whatnot? So it's it's a good way to kind of see where you're at compared to the field. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think the more, especially the more expensive ones, obviously, uh, it's like instantly getting put into day two of OICS. Like if you're paying twenty dollars in a four man tournament, uh, all those people there are gonna be pretty confident in themselves at least. Yeah. So that makes sense. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely good practice. And if if you start seeing uh, success, you're, you're gonna be you can walk in confidently into like any event because you're playing people from around the world, and YCSs are also like very localized. Uh, sure. Not. Not everybody travels. So. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of people overestimate the the level of competition at at YCSs and whatnot. Like even at nationals, yeah. especially with with invites being so much easier to come by. Like when I played, you had a top four, I think, of regionals to get your invite, and like you had to play in top eight and everything. And now it's like top three two gets the invite. Yeah, like roll downs, all these things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think people overestimate um, the the player that travel. I feel like there, there's always like really good local talent, uh, talented players that don't travel, and then you run into them at YCS and stuff. Yeah, um, I definitely think that the amount of top somebody has is more indicative of their ability to travel than like. Yeah, their skill. I mean, obviously, they're still they will still be really good, but it won't be like somebody with twenty tops is not uh like four times as good as somebody with five tops. Yeah, no, I I one hundred percent agree. That's like I was younger when I played competitively, so I didn't. I would only travel to like the West Coast events instead of like yeah the East Coast events where I feel like that's where a lot of people. I mean, obviously, they were topping you know everywhere, but I feel like that did kind of hurt my top count by not, especially when like. I was very confident in the format and I was just like, ah, I can't travel that far. So and like miss out on a free top almost. <laughs> yeah, basically. So what, what year did you go to Worlds? Uh, 2018. So, okay. Second to last one. Gotcha. Where, where was it that year? Uh, it was in Japan. So it was like, I think oh, that's perfect. the best world. Yeah, it was, uh, was mine. Yeah. Mine was also think... in Japan. My my biggest regret though was that I didn't like sushi at the time I went to Japan. I was like eleven, uh, so I went and ate at TGI Fridays every night just uh, to get my little yeah. like boneless wings. I was such a picky eater as a kid. 
yeah, I think the food is definitely like a, a highlight for the trip for me. Yeah, exactly. I, I was wondering, do you have any um, like favorite stories from Worlds or any any moments that stick out? Oh, moments that stick out. Mm. Well, the I one of the funny things that I. I liked about Worlds was uh, how everybody was just salty all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, I feel like the everything ex everything about Worlds was like amazing, and the act the Yu Gi Oh gameplay was like the least interesting thing about the trip. Oh wow! Um, but I think everything else was really cool. It's been, oh m maybe it's because I went on like a really boring format. I went during like a Goki format. So it was mm. like you put two warriors on the board and you win the game if your opponent doesn't have hand traps, or uh, or you I just see. lose if you don't open hand traps. But, uh, do you yeah. feel like yeah? Do you feel like the game's getting better as it goes on, or do you feel like it's just kind of hit or miss depending on the format? Yeah, I think it is a little bit hit or miss. A lot of people, um, a lot of people think it's like getting worse because uh, there definitely is less interactivity. Um, a lot there's of what? Sorry, like less interactivity. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, just because there's a lot of uh, formats where it's like combos, so it's like you got to open a hand trap or lose. Yeah, you're just playing against yourself, basically. Yeah, I've, I think the argument I've heard about that is that um, it puts more emphasis on deck building because you have to like fix open a hand trap, so you have to deck build for it. But um, but the only things that you can do is add more hand traps and then hope you see them. So. Yeah. I don't think it's like a very strong argument. Gotcha. Yeah, I I, like I, <laughs> I would think like combo heavy decks too. It's like by playing hand traps, you're also hurting your consistency of getting your combos off. So it's like kind of a yeah. hard balance. Because I remember like when I used to play combo decks back in the day, like I would just play cards that focused on getting me the combo cards or like going through my deck and thinning my deck. And then like playing counter cards on top of that that then just like um you know get stuck in your hand it's like it's kind of hard to find that balance i'd imagine if you have to do both yeah which is crazy because i think now the the, the formats are trending to um now the combo decks are like one card full board combos <laughs> so yeah. it's the decks that can play a lot of hand traps and then make a huge board out of like one card like dragon link i think dragon link is the most 2020 deck I've ever seen. Like really? you, you have like, yeah, you have like, I don't know, you have like eight or nine one card full combos. You have like a, and a bunch of hand traps. Yeah. See, I, I'm just like an old nostalgic player. I miss my T set where like, you know, it was a grind and you had to, obviously there's a lot of different variables now when you're playing that you have to take into account and think ahead. And, but it was just fun. Cause like games would go long. So you could really just grind there and like look for when you could get advantage by like getting plus one or, you know, making reads on like their face down trap cards that have been set for a couple turns, which I feel like now, you know, everything just gets played immediately. Yeah, I think that's that it is more interactive, right? Because you have to Very. pass back to your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pass. Yes, you do. Turn games would go like 20 turns. So, yeah, I'm also, I'm definitely going to to when I started, I, st I learned to play with that those kind of formats still kind of like in 2011. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you feel like the game's gotten more like skillful? Do you think the game's gotten more skillful since then, or do you think it's gotten less skillful as it's gotten less interactive? 
I think it's weird because I do. I think the emphasis is more on deck building now, and yeah. um, if you net deck a good deck, it's that that emphasis is immediately gone. Mm. But if you had to come up with your own decks, I think it would definitely be more skillful now. Gotcha. So the fact that uh, you can't net deck like your te- your technical play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could, I... oh, back then wouldn't be skillful because you would just if you could like follow Sorry. a perfect guide. You actually just cut out for a second. Do you mind repeating that last that last sentence? You said that um, if you could net deck technical play. Yeah, I think. You you can't net deck technical play, but you can net deck mm-hmm. your, like your deck building. Sure. Um, which is I think that's what bridges that gap because you can just net deck a really good deck instead of like having to theory it on your own. Mm-hmm. Which is what I think what makes it uh, less skillful for now. Gotcha. Um, have Have you been playing? I know you said you weren't playing in the luxury tournaments, but have you been play testing at all right now? Is there a deck you like right now? Um, I've been play I've been playing too deeply, but I'm playing a little bit. Um. I've seen like I'm a really big fan of like the Dino decks, so I'm still playing okay. sometimes. And uh, I I was checking out the Virtual World deck, um, mm-hmm. also. So I'm playing all those decks. Yeah, it seems like Virtual World was a lot better than everyone thought. Like, it seems like people thought it was going to take time, like to get the other cards to make it more competitive, but it just kind of hit the yeah. scene and was ready. Yeah. Cards. We played oh. summon a lot of monsters, so I was like, okay, this definitely looks really good. <laughs> like yeah. now you see like ten summons in one turn. Yeah. And they have like no restrict not that many restrictions. And there's a lot of ways just like they search each other too. Yeah, like they just never they're all once yeah, that, that was always gonna be good. It says my internet connection is unstable. Let me move over here, see if I have better connection over here okay i don't know why the side of the room sometimes is a little better um all right cool so do you have uh, any favorite cards from like phantom rage or um anything you think is gonna like affect the format the most obviously the virtual cards but do you have like a personal favorite um uh, personal favorite probably the the phantom light monster just because you can mm. play like a fun pick a fire deck now Gotcha, uh, like torn uh, scales. Yeah, the torn scales. Mm-hmm. And then uh, obviously Alpha is gonna be good for like forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, virtual worlds just like hit the ground running, like they're an instant meta deck. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, let's see. Is there any cards that you think are underrated right now or isn't getting enough play? Yeah, I think um the Zexel combo is like still really crazy. <laughs> you, mm. The the numerons, you just activate one card and then your opponent can't do anything for like three turns. And somehow that's not good enough. Like <laughs> one card, infinity negates, it's not good enough in 2020. I think it's that's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. The power creep's insane. Yeah. But, but creep. you think that can still, you think that can still compete? Yeah, I think there's, uh, they need to ban it. They need to ban like the Zexel. And if they don't, like eventually they're gonna the balance is gonna hit enough things that like it's gonna resurface again. Mm. There's there's just no way like that's not good again ever. Like, one card infinity negates. Yeah. Do you have a a favorite format 
ever? Like, do you have one that comes to mind immediately? Yeah, probably like the 2015 format where Necros VA mm-hmm. or um, 2016 is also really good. The Metaphors, um, Metaphors ABC uh, Frog format. Those are, those are really oh. fun because you would actually be passing back and forth. Um, yeah. Or even 20, 2011 format is good too, like Plant. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's back when I played a little bit. Yeah. I think I quit in 2013 or something. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I was like poor, so I got three Dark World Structure decks, and like that was good enough. <laughs> yeah, I remember that Dark World Structure deck had like everything in it. Yeah, that's when I started like uh, topping locals because uh, I actually had a deck. Yeah, are there any good structure decks that you would recommend to like beginners right now? That you right think now, like um, yeah, that can like make them competitively or you know a little bit competitive immediately. Yeah, I think probably Dino Dinos is the one I recommend the most. Because you Dinos. need like, a, yeah, you need like a Pankratops, and it, it you can play it without the the Archosaur, mm. which is like the most expensive card. But if if you manage to buy one, then you're all set. You yeah. have like a full deck. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, I think what are those like? I think they're like forties or fifties right now. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, so at least it's not too much compared to the other decks as far as putting money into it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like the best budget deck I think. Mm-hmm. So do you have a favorite card of all time? Uh, favorite card? Uh, probably Part of the Desires. I, oh, I, I think uh, people... Yeah, I think Part of the Desires is insane. So people are always scared of, like, playing it. And uh, I think I think when somebody's scared of, uh, like, playing three Part of the Desires, since I think that's, like, a three or zero card. When people really? are scared of playing that, yeah. What do you mean they're scared about, of playing it? Like... For example, I, w- I would never play two Part of Desires because if you play Part of Desires in your deck, then that means that you want to open it. So you want to mm-hmm. play three, but people play two because they don't want to draw two or because it's once per turn. Yeah. But like, the the math doesn't make sense not to play three. Mm-hmm. Like, if you play three, you'll draw two like 3% of the time or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's weird. Yeah, it doesn't make sense not to play uh three and then people are, are um I've, I've heard this like 50 times where people say yeah part of the service is fine for most people but not for me i always banish like everything like i'm always unlucky i always run two part of the yeah and it's like uh i feel like when people say that they they're hitting like a wall like a mental wall they're not mm-hmm. letting themselves improve i think uh, listening to the math is definitely like really important yeah um, for sure because otherwise you you're like playing very emotionally which i think is one of the one of the biggest setbacks for uh, people trying to get better is like playing emotionally mm-hmm. um i think a lot of time you need to like you need to like go outside of the game and like make decisions that you're going to hard follow like for example if you once you go outside of the game and you look at the math you're like okay three part of the is always going to be better than two so you have to like once you make that decision i think you always have to follow it mm-hmm. and uh not let your emotions let you break those rules or like sometimes I also see it a lot when people are will decide on their side deck, and they'll decide like on like a standard side deck against a, a certain matchup, and they'll get to that matchup and they'll feel like they'll want to trick their opponent, so they'll switch it up, and then uh, they'll lose because of it. And it's like if you just had followed the decisions that you hard make, then you wouldn't have like lost. Like if you didn't let yourself like 
be emotionally um, if you had to make that emotional decision then you would have just mm -hmm. uh, one yeah that that makes sense so you you make some hard decisions going into events where you're like this is what the math says so this is what i'm going to follow even if it doesn't work out for like a matchup or like for yeah, one right. round like you're gonna stick yeah. to it yeah you have to like make some rules and mm -hmm. then um, just try to follow them like don't try, don't break them like just make sure that like you double check those rules with other people and stuff so just to make sure that your rules aren't wrong yeah that they make sense yeah do you yeah, have any do you ever find yourself like getting tilted in a tournament if you like have a tough loss or do you have any um any advice for staying level-headed um i don't think i've ever gotten too, uh too tilted sometimes i'm just like oh lucky but like it's normal mm -hmm. i think um but i think that I, I'm imagine my personality that I'm relatively carefree. Mm. Um, maybe I, I drink a lot of water before I make every big play. So I don't know if that helps. Like I have like a, like a routine, like a tick. Oh, wow. So maybe they, I think that helps me keep, keep calm and stuff. Mm. Uh, I think like eating, sleeping and staying hydrated, like definitely help you like be in a better mental state. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, oh, I think understanding that like, you don't ever deserve uh, a win in Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, just because you're better than your opponent doesn't mean that you should win. And just because, like, certain things are a certain way doesn't ever mean that anybody deserves a win. Um, I think you good players can lose to bad players, and that's just, like, a fact that you have to accept, like, walking into a tournament. Um, so mm -hmm. if you have that mentality, like, it shouldn't ever bother you that you lost a certain way. Um, because that also means that you can be better players. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't ever like be scared of playing better players. And mm -hmm. uh, that luck factor makes it like, I think it's, it makes it relatively fair because you don't have to always be scared of the player that's been playing for like 15 years. Sure. How, how much would you say is luck? Would you say it's like 80% skill, 20% luck, or how would you break it down? Well, I think, it's probably like a formula where like the bigger the the smaller the skill gap between you and your opponent the more the matchup is going to be on luck mm. rather not skill gap because i think the most important the biggest thing is like the deck if you both are playing the same deck probably like the luck factor is probably like a lot bigger and then mm. after after the, the if you're playing the same deck um, yeah it's gonna be a lot of luck factor and a lot of technical play but then in a tournament um you'll start once you go past like round four and if you're not out by then, the the skill gap is not going to be that big. Like even if even if you're like relatively experienced, if your opponent knows how to do the most basic combos, like that's like enough, like ninety five percent of the time. Like basic gotcha. combo, like basic combos are like huge. Like really, they're not that advanced. Think... Like anyone can just do them. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I rarely, I don't go outside of basic combos that much. Like when i play like even higher level um i don't think you need to go in that into that much nuance to like do well uh, as long mm -hmm. as as long as you like follow your like your basic rules that you set in theory like that's like enough like 90, 95 percent of the time oh wow um yeah that's interesting because i just think back to 
when I used to play, I would love getting mirror matches because their games would last so long where if you're playing mirror, like there's time to just grind it out and, and outplay the opponent. But now it seems like since it's so combo based and games are so quick that it's just like whoever draws the nuts first and goes off probably just wins the mirror. Yeah, I definitely think that's the thing where like the longer the game goes, the, the more skilled player um, is favored. Um, hmm. I think so, that's something something to consider when you're like playing a game and you're like, oh, I could try to go for a game right now, but I would lose to like a certain thing or I could try to drag it out. And uh, that decision sometimes depends on like how good, how much do you respect my opponent? If you don't respect them that much, you can try to drag it out and see if they see if you can capitalize mm-hmm. on it. Or uh, if maybe your opponent's like way better than you and you're like, okay, I, you better have the, the way to stop me. Otherwise I need to take this chance to win. Yeah. Before I don't get another one. That's cool. Yeah, that's good advice. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. I think that's the thing. Um, I think if if you think your opponent is like way better than you, um, you could try to like you just have to try to be more risky mm-hmm. to try to win. So if you had to give like one piece of advice to a person looking for their first top, what what would it be? Um, yeah, it would be like the the thing with the tier zero decks, like looking at the OCG and try to learn for everybody else. Mm. Uh, okay. mainly because you'll do all that format and what that will let you do is um, that will get you in contact with um, better players which I think mm-hmm. is huge like having like a, a really good uh, circle and then uh, yeah those, don't play emotionally like um, make your make your rules to a theory and then just follow them um, mm-hmm. yeah because sometimes I think players that uh, sometimes they get too tricky and they want to like outplay their opponent but you don't have you don't have to outplay your opponent like outplays or mind games only work like one percent of the time. Like you don't really, mm. th- those aren't one breaking you tops. It's mostly just like doing the standard stuff. Yeah, just sticking to to your hard rules and and just playing it the way it should be played instead of overthinking it. Yeah. Um, what was it about? Oh, did you pay attention to the new um, policy guidelines that came out? Yeah. Did you have any thoughts about them? I know they're kind of. Kind of basic, not too much has changed, but the double sleeving thing seems to be kind of cool. People seem to yeah, like that. That was uh, definitely overdue. Uh, if you could change one rule yourself, what would what would you change? Um, if the pricing, I think we should get better pricing. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of that, um, I think they should l- allow intentional draws. Because I don't think it would make the the tournament better necessarily, but I think it's just so hard to prove that draws are intentional that it just creates more problems than like what it solves. Oh, um, interesting. Like people people do it anyways. Like people force draws illegally anyways. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think just allowing it just makes it like a lot more painless. Uh, probably makes the tournaments go faster too, since people aren't like fake playing until the end. Yeah, right. That makes sense. That's a good rule. I, I do like that. Even back when I used to play, people were finding ways to to do things like that, and um, it would just create problems. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I don't think I have any any questions left off the top of my head. Do you uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have, like, a, any of your own social media or YouTube or team or anything like that? Anyone you want to shout um, out? Shout out my local shout out, uh, San Cedro Games. It's the, if you're in San Diego, you should check it out. 
sending how, through games. Okay, how what how how often do they have like local tournaments? Is it Saturdays, Sundays? Oh, right now it's uh it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we usually have uh they have t- they have tournaments Friday, Saturday. Okay, sweet. Well, yeah, if you're in San Diego, definitely check it out. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, your time. I I really appreciate it. This was yeah, I think thanks. really uh, informative. I I know I learned stuff. If if I were to start playing again, that I would definitely keep in mind so i hope that i'm sure it was helpful to some players out there who are looking to get better yeah for sure Uh, thank you for having me yeah my pleasure all right sweet well um yeah i'll just i'll just cut it there but um yeah thanks so much i really appreciate you doing this that was uh that was a lot of fun really really helpful there's a lot of good stuff in there yeah for sure what do you have going on uh the rest of the day anything fun planned just kind of chilling um yeah, I'm probably I'll catch up on like some school.